Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. I have a special guest today. He is a young man new in Chicago, relatively new, and he is the music director for Theater Ubuque Cabaret Theater's tremendous show, Some Enchanted Evening. This young man uh, has added a t- quite a touch to being a music director, singing some of the songs, and being the uh, piano, pianist for the show. Welcome to Austin Cook. Welcome, Austin. Well, thank you so much for having me. Great. Tell me now uh, how you got this gig. I mean, I walked well, in, you know, okay, I, you know, we walked in there, and here's, who's this guy? And then, bingo, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm, well, I moved to Chicago a year and a half ago. And uh, my roommate, actually, is uh, Brian Allen Newland, who was just in Cats for Theo Ubiquay. And Fred, uh, I think, had mentioned to Brian that he was looking for a music director for this review. And Brian um, mentioned that, you know, he has a roommate that's a music director. And then uh, also Maggie Portman, who was in um, Cats, uh, she knew of me because I directed uh, a show for Little Buds, her children's theater company. So between the two of their recommendations, uh, Fred called me and we interviewed and uh, we got along great. So that's how it came to be. Wow, that's uh, it, it. Sure helps to uh, to have people hear your work and spread the word. Yeah. Well, we want to do that here. So all right. So now you got now you got the musical uh, direction gig, and and I want to go into some detail because a lot of our listeners aren't totally sure what a music director does. Some people think they, you know, they might make an arrangement or two, or they just, in your case, they just play the piano. Right, right. But right. it's so much more than that. How were you involved, let's say, for in the casting? Yeah, uh, well, we knew uh, for the show that we wanted three women and two men plus myself. Uh, once Fred found out that I uh, had a voice and I was going to sing in the show. So we'd have a balanced uh, ratio of three men and three women. So when we were casting, we were just kind of kind of see what happened. I knew what I wanted. I knew that I wanted three distinct voice types for the women. Uh, you know, we needed uh, a cute little sassy girl with a little bit of a belt. We needed a really legit voice. Um, and we needed a voice that was kind of different, that would uh, make the music stand out a little bit. So we were kind of looking for three distinct voices for the women. And then for the men, we were also, uh, we had already precasted, uh, Jeremy Traeger, who was, uh, uh, he's been in many shows for Theo. And so we were looking for one other guy, and we wanted his voice type definitely to be, uh, distinctly different from Jeremy's. And, uh, so for the auditions, we had them, uh, sing and on callbacks. We were just looking kind of for different voice types that would make the music really pop. And uh, Fred actually did most of the casting, and he just asked me about the voices, and I said, yes, I like this voice, I don't like this voice, and that's pretty much how it went. So you did have input. See, a lot of people don't realize that, that, that it's it certainly makes your task easier when you're doing musical arrangements for different singers if you have some input on them, uh, the casting. For sure. I mean, Fred, Fred, our director, ultimately has authority, but he uh, definitely, you know, asked me and I say, hey, I like this voice. I don't like this voice at all. You know, there's definitely a little uh, give and take going on between the two of us. Well, you certainly did cast very well. Now, tell us how you approach the music, because, you know, for my for my gener for your generation, let's say under under 35, amazingly don't know the Rodgers and Hammerstein uh, songbook 
as much right. as certainly us who grew up with it. Exactly. What was your uh, uh, take on it? Uh, how familiar were you with uh, with the songbook? Well, to be honest, I, I knew really well the standard musicals. I mean, I knew uh, I knew South Pacific, uh, you know, Oklahoma, The King and I, uh, those things. The ones that I wasn't as familiar with were like Pipe Dream and Flower and Drum Song and a few songs from Allegro. So I was a little nervous uh, when I first uh, found out we were doing the review because I didn't feel as familiar with a couple of the rarity uh, musicals. So I started my research on all of those, and it was actually in the uh, rarer musicals that I found that really gave Rogers more depth than I gave him credit for <laughs> uh, in my own study. Because in uh, shows like Allegro and Pipe Dream, especially in Allegro, you're seeing musical devices used that I had never associated with Rogers before. Yeah, that was a show uh, ahead of its time. I think somebody like yourself will will take on that show and, and revive it and crank it up, and I think it'll be a major hit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now you've got the songbook, and I, I assume that that the way the review is set up, that the sequence and order of the songs uh, is pretty much set. Is, is that yeah? True? The uh, we the score we received for the show. You know, the songs were set in order, and we we're going to you know stick to that. Um, the problem with the score uh, when I received it was that the score was written for two pianos uh, as like a piano duo type thing. I think the review was written in eighty one, and uh, in the preface. Uh, to the score, it basically says that this was written for two pianos, you know, four hands, and it says this was made for pianists of varying ability, which in my mind means that the score is horrible. Uh, it's written for, you know, intermediate and anybody that can play the piano to, you know, uh, make money for the review. So I knew that was going to be an issue, and Fred knew that he only wanted one piano. So we knew we were dealing with like a you know a complete rewrite as far as my end as far as the uh, accompaniment and working the arrangements of the songs. So uh, when I got the score, I knew it was going to be a daunting task to uh, try to relook and analyze all these uh, all these numbers. So you uh, and that that baby grand piano, the white one that's at uh, No Exit Cafe, uh, has an interesting history, right? It's isn't it yours? Yes, that is actually my piano, yes. Uh, okay, so now you've got this, you had to change this, the score to one piano. And by the way, it says an awful lot for for your, your ability uh, as a pianist. Uh, uh, it worked marvelously with one piano. And I've seen the review several times, and uh, uh, I thought you blew away anyone that I've heard do the score. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it it, it was it was amazing. Okay, so... You also started um, uh, changing some of the the singing, uh, some of the arrangements uh, for the singers. Yes, um, Fred and I met, you know, very early. As soon as we had cast uh, the show and we hadn't started rehearsals, Fred and I met, and we really talked. We really spoke on the lyrics of the show. You know, just looking at the lyrics and what's going on and what we can do and what we can't do. And because I knew from a from a music directing standpoint that my main goal of the show was to really draw attention to the, the lyrics of uh, Hammerstein and the beautiful melodies of Rogers, you know that was my number one purpose. We knew in whatever we did with the arrangements that it had to supplement the text 
and it had to supplement uh, the melody, which should go without saying, but unfortunately it doesn't a lot of times. Amen. Um, Amen. So that, I mean, that was, that was our number one goal really was looking at the lyrics and the melody. And because of that, we were able to find things. Uh, Fred was able to see things and we talked about things like taking for Maria, for instance, and looking at that. And it works perfectly. Uh, just giving a different twist to it, looking at it from a male perspective to a woman. And uh, we really thought that that worked uh, really well. Uh, who was played by uh, Evan Tyrone, uh, having him look at uh, look at Maria from a totally different perspective than what we're used to seeing it uh, in our shows and uh, on the movie and sound of music. Yeah, that that did work r- really well. And and several of the uh, of the songs you you did some of the women's songs, uh, slightly changing the meanings without again without with being in reference and. Uh, in paying homage to the to the original melodies and lyrics, I thought that yeah. was quite clever. Uh, like, for example, when you did a puzzlement, you made that a duet. Yeah, a puzzlement. Uh, a puzzlement actually uh, is one of my favorite pieces in this show, and I think the reason is when you really listen to the lyrics of a puzzlement, it is unbelievable to me how relevant the lyrics are to today's political society. Uh, and what's going on, uh, which just speaks wonders for, for Hammerstein. Um, and when we were looking at that as a duet, we were thinking kind of in our minds how it would be interesting if you have, say, it could be two political leaders, it could be two, you know, diplomats from different countries sitting down and kind of really talking about what's going on, uh, in the world and, uh, what their aspects of the view of society is. And it really works well for a duet to have them kind of back and forth on what's going on. And, uh, we really like the idea of that. Yeah. And it was quite a musical challenge because there parts of that song is really a patter song. Yes. <laughs> and, and it kind of, uh, a little bit of a tribute to Gilbert and Sullivan, I think. It really is. I love that. That was. uh, They both, you know, were influenced by Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh, Oscar said that said that many times. Uh, And having uh, uh, Evan and and Jeremy nail the same speed of of the of the number was terrific. Yeah, uh, that was one thing. uh, You know, we talked about that at the beginning. What to do because the beginning starts with a little recipe type, uh, you know, introduction. And then it moves into the patter, and the the question for me was whether or not we try to move away from the patter or we play to the patter's strengths. And, of course, we decided on the latter. We wanted to uh, just play to the patter's strengths. I mean, that's how it was written, and uh, so we chose to really do it. And I think it's working, so we're we're happy with that number. Yeah, and uh, you get to sing a little bit in the show. You do the Cinderella song. A lot of people don't know that the Cinderella show, because that was originally, uh, I think it made for television. Yes, uh, originally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that, but that you do the 10 minutes ago. Yes, with with Danny. Uh, That's a lot of fun. I'm surprised you don't sing more, but but then again, when watching you playing, it's pretty hard to, uh, to do both, because everybody in the show really sort of acts out their songs. They're not just yes. standing there with a the spotlight on them singing their, yeah. their numbers. It's, 
it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, our big, big, big dilemma in blocking this, this show was the position of that grand piano and how in the world the audience is going to see me. You're either going to see my back or you're not going to see the keys. I mean, playing the piano is just, it's always a lose-lose uh, for directors because you either lose the keys or you lose my face. Yeah, that's true. And so, uh, you know, I, t- I promised Fred that uh, I would cheat out as much as possible, which is why, you know, in the beginning of the show when we're kind of rehearsals, I mean, I'm hardly ever, I'm kind of sitting at a 45-degree angle and playing with one hand type of stuff just to uh, just to cheat out a bit. And that's why for um, the next song, after 10 minutes ago, I sing uh, Everybody's Got a Home From Me But Me from uh, Pipe Dream. Uh, you know, the beginning part of that song, we just do a cappella. Um, so that I can really take two seconds to really connect with the audience. And uh, and I think it works. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, what's been the audience reaction to the show now? Because it's been a couple of weeks since since the opening. I, 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 I'm just so, I'm really humbled by the audience reaction. I mean, we really were not expecting uh, the audience to really fall in love with the show as they have, and we couldn't be more thrilled. I mean, every night... Uh, people are just cheering and, and, you know, standing and it's, it's really exciting for us, um, that they really, cause we love this show. I mean, we love what we sing. I mean, so much emotion goes in these songs and we just absolutely love the show. And, and it, it came that the across, audience is yeah, loving it. It came across that, that it's so great to see the younger people understanding and, and, uh, digging this th- th- these great tunes mm. yeah yes. what's been the reaction of the younger audience members well the younger audience uh, i mean it's been absolutely terrific and i think when i'm when i'm talked to uh when i've talked to um audience members afterwards a lot of them are like we never realized these songs were so great or you know we don't know these songs or we've never heard some of these songs and it's like i think it's really encouraging a lot of our even our theater audience our young theater audience uh, who does theater to get back into this music and realize where our history comes from, you know, realize where the, where our music today has come from. So that's exciting just to expose even uh, some of the younger generation back to the tunes. And this is where theater, you know, was in the past. Yeah. Well, that's what, um, that's what Fred's specialty is with, with these reviews is he did that with Harold Arlen and he, and, and others that he's introducing great songs and great music to a younger generation. And you're right, even the theater generation. Because I'm dumbfounded when I realize, like a chorus line, it had just been produced here, and how many young theater people had never seen it because it hadn't been produced in a while. Right, right. So what you guys are doing to to get people uh, interested uh, again uh, to the the great songbook uh, is certainly worthwhile. Uh, What's been... um, your personal reaction to this is: the, Are you are you starting to get into this music? Because I know you have a classical music background. Oh yes, I'm. I <laughs> this this music is so close. I mean, it's just a couple of ticks away from the opera, you know, background uh, that I was doing even you know five or six years ago. It's so close. I mean, it's the melodies and the lyrics, and I'm just falling in love. I couldn't be more happy. Uh, with musical theater, I mean, I know it's what I want to do uh, in in my future and continue to do it. Um, it's just, I couldn't, I mean, I, this music is just so glorious. It, it couldn't be better. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Uh, so tell us about this background. Now, you, you come from, from 
we're give you know give us a, a commercial now because uh, most of the people listening to this show, uh, with the exception of those that have seen your show, uh, you know don't know you. Yeah. Well, I uh, you know I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, um, and growing up, my I, I come from a family of visual artists. You know, all like. When I say artists, I don't mean musical artists. I mean visual. My mother uh, works for uh, Hallmark Cards. Uh, she was a leading graphic designer for Hallmark Cards, and my grandfather was a pottery guy. And uh, I mean, everyone in my family is just in visual arts. And so, as a child, I guess I was the experiment. They wanted. They all loved music, but they don't have a musical bone in their body. And so, they started putting me in uh, piano lessons uh, from the age of four. And then began Suzuki violin shortly after that, and trumpet, and I was doing all these things. But piano was definitely my love, and uh, I was studying classical piano my my whole upbringing. And then when I made the choice to major in college, you know, I was torn between uh, studying visual art, because I was also doing a lot of that with my mom, and studying music. And uh, push come to shove, I chose music. And I have a degree in piano performance. I didn't uh, know there's such a degree. That's from where? Yeah, piano performance. Uh, from actually, I have a degree from USC, um, and not Southern California. <laughs> uh, USC University of South Carolina. Okay. Um, and I studied with uh, Dr. David Lehman, who has absolutely changed my life uh, musically. He's just brilliant, and. Uh, I studied Talman technique with him, and it's funny that a little while later I studied a, a summer conservatory in Boston with Anthony de Bonaventura, who was a great uh, concert pianist in the you know, 40s and 50s. I studied with him, and uh, he was actually the teacher of my teacher, David Lehman, so I got to study with the grandfather piano teacher, uh, which was great. But um, studying the Talman technique with him, I mean, he loves Russian music. So I really got a strong influence on the Russian piano music, and uh, even to this day, I'm Russian piano music really influenced. And you could even hear some Russian piano music in the entract of uh, of this show, and uh, a lot of that's from um, my Russian piano training and, and technique um, that I've gotten my whole life, and especially in the, the college and post years. But after college, I um, I got an opportunity to uh, work for Walt Disney uh, down in Florida, and uh, I started out there in the entertainment division and doing a lot of just mundane things like playing the piano uh, for the parks and a couple of shows and auditions and stuff like that. That's grueling, then, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's basically like I, I can. It's almost like a real like office job, except you're just playing the piano. I mean you're working nonstop playing the piano at different hotels and. But it's a lot of fun, and that was really an opportunity for me to discover, uh, to really work on my jazz, more ear, jazzy side. I mean, I've always had a good ear, but to really work on the jazz type of progressions, and I think that's where I was able to round myself out, uh, which has come into big play with musical theater. Yeah, especially um, when you get into Gershwin. Oh, yeah. Boy, will that pay um, off. And I can see, I can see you do, doing arrangements of, uh, of Gershwin reviews and Gershwin oh, shows. Oh, yeah. And I love... I love Gershwin. I actually played Rhapsody in Blue in school uh, um, with uh, with the orchestra. And, um, Gershwin is just unbelievably 
it's beautiful. It's a perfect mix of, of classical and blues and jazz and modern music. It's just, oh, it's gorgeous. So now you're at, with Disney. Didn't you get involved in a couple of, um, of the couple of new shows? Yeah. Well, I, uh, while I was down there, you know, I was getting closer and closer to, uh, you know, doing the piano work. I was getting closer and closer to the guys higher up in the theater department and working with shows. And right about that time, I was about 2006, um, summer of 2006, you know, they were starting to work on this new show. They wanted to do a show, Finding Nemo, the musical in the parks. And, uh, so I started getting involved playing for auditions and then getting closer and closer to the musical process. And before you know it, I was in on rehearsals and and I really got to be like an assistant uh, musical director for that. And that was a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun. That's really the only way to put it, the finding the musical. And then also, uh, around that same time, they were working on doing Toy Story, the musical, on the cruise ships. So uh, we started working on that. Too. And those are just, just a lot of fun. What did you do, arrangements, or did you do any composing? No composing for those, just mostly uh, direction and interpretation. Um, stuff. Um, the guys who wrote um, Avenue Q uh, also wrote um, Finding Nemo, uh, the musical, which is uh, was uh, Lopez and Marx, I think. Yeah, yeah, and those guys are terrific. They're old jingle writers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. So you got to work with those guys. Yeah, well, it was cool. Um, they came maybe once or twice while I was down there um, to supervise the process, so it was it was neat. That's always cool. So, all right. So then, then, how did you end up here in Chicago? Well, um, <laughs> all the credit for the move, I have to say, goes to Wendy Abraham. Wendy Abraham was my mentor uh, while I was down there at Disney, and she sat down with me one day and she basically said, "You know, Austin." this is great, you know, we love having you, but, uh, you know, you've expressed that you want to, you know, music direct for a career and really get involved in theater. And she, she really just, uh, gave me the encouragement to kind of go out on my own. And so I was going to move to New York and I packed up all my things and I drove all the way up. I was on the drive up there and, uh, it just did not work out. Uh, I lost the place I was going to stay and I didn't have a lot of money so I knew that just things were like falling through left and right doors were closing and I made a phone call to an opera friend of mine uh, who lived here and he just in Chicago and he just so happened to be needing a roommate at that same time so I said okay I'm coming to Chicago moved to Chicago with my grand piano in my truck <laughs> and uh, I showed up here about a year and a half ago and uh, I have absolutely loved it ever since See, things happen for a reason. That uh, that that oh. the universe wanted you here in Chicago. It's hokey as that sounds. I mean, that's what happened, right? It's so. I, I mean, it's so true because I I you know I haven't had a job. Well, some people would say I haven't had a job job uh, since moving here. I've only done gigs and piano gigs and meeting people and doing knock music on direction. Wood. Knock on wood. Let's let's keep it going because I think you're yeah, a major knock talent. On wood. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's. <laughs> That is interesting. You know, I've heard stories similar to that, but not not quite as as much. But And you've been able to survive without working a day job. That's fabulous. It's actually, I mean, the funniest part of it is the first day I moved here, I uh, somebody said something about the theater building. I didn't know what that was, of course. So I showed up on the theater building. I still had my truck parked in front of my new apartment. 
And I showed up at a theater building the first day I moved here, and I auditioned for uh, Alan Chambers for just children's musicals that the theater building was producing. And he called me back the next day, and I ended up acting in the children's musicals last season for a theater building. So before it became 7773. Uh, so that was fun. So my first gig I got uh, on the first day I moved here. So it was funny. So you do like performing also. Uh, do you consider yourself an actor? I do. I do. Um, the thing is, uh, with acting with me, you know, I've done a few roles like uh, that I love, like Gould and Grey Gardens, and I'm in It's a Wonderful Life, you know, playing the piano. Yeah, I, little re- things. I remember that. I did. You had your back to us in that show mostly, but uh, yes, that w- that's a my, terrific annual production. That, oh, yeah, uh, and uh, I love that show. But, you know, just a few things like that. I love the opportunity, like this show, I would say, is my my favorite thing to be able to do what I love which is music and playing the piano and kind of be in a on stage you know acting position I mean that is my ideal well singing too uh, uh, I think you should you should go for more singing roles too I mean would you take a, a singing role in a musical where you didn't play the piano oh I th- I absolutely would and I love I mean I absolutely love acting and singing that's pure passion just as much passion as music directing. I love music directing because I feel that I have a lot of knowledge as far as music theory and arranging and composing, and that's why I love music direction, because I feel I can really get dirty uh, musically and really use, you know, a lot of my composing brain, which I love to do. So that's why I love music direction so much. Well, let me add a commercial to you. Folks, if, if you have any doubts that this young man knows his stuff as a music director, just get to No Exit Cafe Cafe, and see uh, some Enchanted Evening, you will be impressed. You know, those of us who, who know the, uh, the the Rogers and Hammerstein songbook, we're very much impressed with, with what you did with it. Well, thank you so much. You know, I that one of my biggest fears uh, of the show was just to make sure, or I should say, one of my biggest the things in the back of my head was that I was respecting the music. You know, I really tried to respect the music and not do anything crazy, but just do what the lyrics were telling me to do, and that, that was the goal. Well, you succeeded far beyond. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've read the reviews, but all of us have really, really loved the show. Well, that means so much to us. I mean, we're I'm so thr- we're so thrilled. I mean, we had no idea the show would be uh, just so well received uh, as it has been, and we're just well. A lot so- has to do with your arrangements and with the with the terrific voices. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, Fred is 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 so good at 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 finding unknowns and giving them a showcase and just letting them do their thing that, that, uh, you know, if I was a young actor in town, I'd be killing to get, to get auditioned for Fred. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, what he does. I mean, taking, I mean, even I told him the other day, I said, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to music direct. Cause you know, a lot of, and it's understandable. A lot of theaters have the same people they go to, uh, you know, for sure after show and Fred gave me a chance and I'm just so, I'm so happy about it. Well, that's sometimes that's what it takes is just the, the, the you know the one opportunity and and so let me ask you this: Are you interested in composing? Oh yes, I love composing. I uh, basically not a day goes by when I'm not thinking a melody or writing something down on my finale on my computer. <laughs> um, yeah, I love composing both classical and musical theater. Um, I've always wanted to compose. Uh, a full musical theater work, and I've had so many ideas. I've just never connected with a lyricist um, because I don't consider myself a lyricist. 
Okay. Uh, well, let me throw something at you. Uh, do, do you have a website or anything? Because I know several people that have some projects, and I was telling a couple of them who are unfortunately right now heavily involved in another thing that they got to come and hear you because I said, and I'm, I said I would ask the question when I interview you, are you interested in composing? Because we know you can music direct. So if you can compose also, I could oh, tee you I, up I to a couple composing. people who have uh, who have either working on scripts or are lyricists and have, a, have some, you know, gone beyond the idea. They're ready to do a show, and one of the missing pieces is someone that can compose music. Oh, for sure. I just, I've, I'm kind of the same way. I've just never been able to connect with a lyricist. It's kind of the opposite, uh, the opposite. Well, uh, I think you're in the right town because there's a lot of real creative people here. And, and you know, that old, that old uh, thing of one thing leads to another. Uh, do you have a, do you have a website? I'm actually, I'm actually uh, at this moment working on one. It's, uh, austinryancook.com and it should be up in uh, the next week or so. Okay, that's great because that's where they can reach you then. Yeah. Okay, because I uh, I'll definitely get the word out uh, on that. But that's exciting because uh, if and who knows if if it's good enough and we you get a good enough director, they may even let you sing in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So okay, so tell us now a couple of the things in the last uh, couple of minutes we have here. Uh, some of the projects you'd love to work on. You know, some of the you know I want to someday do. What would that be? Oh, that <laughs> that's a really tough question. I have to say it, it's kind of an eclectic um, an eclectic group of shows. You know, I think one of my shows that I've always wanted to do is The Assassins, uh, the Sondheim. Um, I love Sondheim, and I think that's a great show. Passions? I love it. Uh, the Assassins. Oh, the assassins. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, interesting. And the other Sondheim show that I really want to do, of course, is Sweeney Todd. Uh, at some point in my life. <laughs> well, we're um, we're about due for a for a Sweeney Todd. In a couple yeah. Of years. I saw um, you know Dory Lane doing it this season, so yeah. I'm excited to see that. Um, have you uh, have you gone an audition for them? I have not actually. Not yet. It's been busy. Yeah. <laughs> got to get out there because they, they got yeah. and that's you're in the tough competition when you you know you get into the, on that level. But I think you have the talent for for that level. Well, well, thank you. Um, and then uh, another show that I I think is really interesting is uh, Tick Tick Boom. I think is a really interesting show um, that I would love the opportunity to do at some point. Just because I think it's really interesting, because um, that's Jonathan Larson's semi-self autobiography. I think it's a better show than Rent, personally. Oh, I do too. I have to agree with you because uh, he uses a lot of compositional devices. In my mind, the, comp- the composing technique that he uses in Tick Tick Boom is much better than Rent. And it, is, <laughs> and it isn't the scream and holler show that Rent is. That you know. That's, oh yeah, you and can't I mean, hear the composers, lyrics. Yeah, I've never talked spoken with a composer that likes Rent, um, <laughs> but. Uh, Tick Tick Boom is different. It's really different. Well, let me and give you a little hint. Uh, Porchlight Music Theater is doing it next season. Their last you know, show. I, I actually I just saw that uh, in their announcement the other day, and, and I thought that was really funny because no one ever does that show, and I was like, "Well, that's random." That's yeah, cool. yeah, that's. And I don't think they've committed people. That's something that you ought to audition for. Yeah, I should uh, look into that. For yeah, sure. you definitely should. Well, this has been great. We're just about out of time, and folks get to No Exit Cafe. You're running through when? 
We're running till uh, April 30th. April 30th. So we got another month to see it, and uh, uh, the audience reaction has, has been terrific. Everyone I know that that I've sent there's come back and saying, "Wow, we never, we never realized, uh, uh, you know, how good the songbook was." And I said, "Part of it's the way they sing it and the way they arrange it." And they go, "Yeah, it, it was different, but it was the same." Now, how's that? Yeah, that's absolutely terrific. Yeah. Well, thanks, and folks, go see a play this week.